This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Ramya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. This is it. This is the day we've been teasing about, and that is the one-year anniversary of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-TV. Right off the bat, congratulations to us and a job well done for keeping this thing on air without um, permanently getting cancelled. I guess that would be really the, the drop of it all. Kelly McDonald, Ramya Amuthan, we are the hosts of the show. We join you weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on AMI-TV. We're also available on AMI-audio at 4 p.m. Eastern and on podcasts. If this is the first time you're joining us, we're a year into the game. Kels, how's it going with you? Excellent, and I think the key is being able to keep from getting canceled at <laughs> yeah. all. Or them finding an excuse to yeah. put uh, We've had ourselves on the back for things in. like that, absolutely. Yeah. The hey, stuff we, we get away with? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we lasted, we lasted. Uh, it's a really nice feeling, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, those who have been, uh, when we were Kelly and Company, to Kelly and Ramya, to the TV, to mm. the uh, audio on AMI-audio, uh, and wherever you listen to us, a lot of you out there, check us out via the podcast. No matter what, Fedora's off to you, thank you for being there. Yes, and we're going to get to more convo around this later on in the show because we got some people joining us, some people who sent a commentary for us to play on air, and just a throwback to how the year has been. It's going to be fun because, of course, we only do fun things here on the show. Let's see what's coming up on the show today. Talking about the health benefits of using saunas, wellness contributor Francis Wong is diving into this because apparently it's becoming quite a trend to uh, pay attention to the sauna life. During hour two, we chat and look back at those special moments from over the last year as the show celebrates our first anniversary on TV. Also, we have collections and hobbies. This is a monthly segment on the second Tuesday. Karen McGee, our content development specialist in Ottawa slash Morrisburg area in Ontario, is going to join us. She's got a collection of Disney pins. Are we surprised? No, hmm. not at all, actually. Not at all. No. <laughs> also, this is like the 10th time she's coming on the show because that's how many collections she has. So we're looking forward to that chat with her. No, no, she just has collections so she can help you fill a segment out on the show. I mean, it's it's not mutually exclusive, yeah. Maybe if you have collections, you're coming on the month. show. Also, you're cool because you have so many collections. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I wanted to spend some time on one particular type of tech right now. We'll get into more tech and CES at the end of the show also, so a bit of a bookend. But Apple's high price headsets uh, to toggle between the real and digital world will be available in its stores starting next month. And we have Mike Vigeski, who has more. The Vision Pro goes on sale in the U.S. on February 2nd. Pre-orders start next Friday on January 19th. $3,500 will get you the headset as well as its external battery and charging cables. Apple is billing the Vision Pro as a spatial computer where instead of looking at a laptop screen, content floats around you in three-dimensional space. Um, the Vision Pro already has gotten largely enthusiastic reviews among the media who are able to 
test it in tightly controlled demonstrations that are, of course, monitored by Apple, top secret stuff. And I think, you know, top priority tech here when we're talking VR, but not just for video gaming, not just for accessibility, but for taking a concept that has required screens and movement of external devices like mouse, keyboard access and camera and all these other things, Kels, and we're saying, let's make it all projections. We talked about that little pen device with John Beeler where um, it projects onto your hand and can right. give you, you know, yep. basic information like phone calls, mm -hmm. notifications, weather, etc. And this thing is taking it up to the absolute another level. My question, of course, is going to be, how well is it going to do in this first iteration of the project before everybody hops on board with something like this, before Apple continues to tweak? Uh, you know, how much of it have they done behind the scenes? I think people will still buy because they'll want to explore. Early they'll adapters, want to be yeah. the first to have it, right? And they will be the ones that we need that have the means, the money, to say, this is what's wrong, this is what I like, what I don't like. And understandably now, people know, this is first iteration, as you iteration, as you said, the early adapters, but it's beyond that. It's beyond just saying, hey, you guys, when you launch this, I'm gonna be able to do this, but I also know in a year, it's going to be able to do this, that, it's going to look 100% different. We talk about that all the time, that, yeah, this is nice, but boy, It'll be different in a year. And we don't even have the concept of what different means. Exactly. Because of how far they can go. I mean, I think of things floating around. I think, okay, there's still screens, but when you feel like you can reach out and touch, mm. I'm going to go and click on that app with my... It's just such a different world, but yet predictable. And it's the progression that we should expect, but just not knowing, hey, I know that path winds off that direction. I just don't know what's there. Yeah, it's quite interesting thinking about it from the tactile perspective specifically, which is we yes. went from not having tactile, AKA like no touch screens, to everything tactile. Our fingers gotta be on it for it to you know, work, right? And and then taking our finger off when we say, okay, biometrics, just put your face you know, close to it and, and it'll unlock mm. for you. No more finger ID and such, or fingerprint ID. And then now we're saying no tactile at all. Which then begs the question around accessibility, right, for, for people in the blind, low vision community and others um, who are used to having that tactile space to explore with your finger and now saying it's all projection. What's, got, what's that going to be like? What's that going to look like? What's mm. it going to do? How am I going to do it? How much do we want to do by voice? How is you it know, all going to be voice? Is that even reliable enough? And it enough? can't be Ooh. because that's ridiculous. Even if, like you said, whether it was reliable but with all the noise around you, but also you can't be just screaming out what you want. We already laugh at the person answering his cell phone to walking down the sidewalk. Yeah, oh, hi, Bill. How are you? Yes. <laughs> and what does that mean for computers, right? Like if we're talking about computer access using mixed reality and, and no mouse, no keyboards, and no screen, how do we do anything? Projecting on our ceiling, Lots on our hand again. Yeah. Hmm. All right, we're taking a break from this one. As I said, we're going to talk tech a lot, and especially CES uh, over the next little while with our tech friends who join us on the show, so keep posted. What kind of skin problem problems can cats get, and what can we do to help them? This is what we're going to talk about with Dr. Danielle Johnkind, our veterinarian, after the break on Kelly and Rumia. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Rumia will be right back.
Welcome back. This is the one-year anniversary of Kelly and Rumia on AMI-TV, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time as usual. We are here live with you, Kelly McDonald, Rumia Amuthan. And because it's a Tuesday show, we're getting into Ask a Veterinarian. This is a staple weekly conversation with Dr. Danielle Johnkind. Let's bring her on. Whether they provide us with companionship and income, food, or serve a critical role in the ecosystems that support us, animals are vital to human health. Have fun with us as we learn about animal-related topics and about the amazing bond we share with our animal friends. Danielle, welcome back. And uh, today we're getting into some skin condition conversations. So people who live with dogs know that skin problems are relatively common. There's lots, uh, are a lot of dogs out there that suffer with rashes, itching, urine infections. But today we're talking about cats. So what kind of skin problems do cats get? Are they the same kind of problems that dogs get? And how we can help our kitties if they do get skin issues? Danielle, you're going to talk with us about this, and I'm really curious about it because I have no idea on this topic. Do cats get skin issues as frequently as dogs do? Uh, well, actually, you know, my, my impression is that I see more skin issues um, usually in dogs than I do in cats. And there was actually a study published in the Canadian Veterinary Journal back in 1990. And they kind of looked at the frequency of skin conditions that were found in animals that were seen at um, the veterinary school at St. Hyacinth in Quebec. And they found that just over 15% of cats and just over 18% of dogs exhibited skin problems. And, you know, I'd have to say that kind of supports what I see on the front lines, you know, that I tend to see more dogs with it. But regardless of the type of pet, you know, I have to say that skin issues in general are pretty common. You know, I see lots of pets with these problems. Mm, and, and it must be something too, because you've got so many environments you're dealing with, so many things, activities and, and fur, hair, what have you. So I'm curious, do you see a difference in the kinds of skin problems cats get compared to dogs? Uh, definitely. You know, um, well, there are a lot of skin problems that can affect both cats and dogs and, you know, some that can even be passed between them. Um, oh. You know, I, I do see certain problems much more commonly in cats. Um, for example, you know, there's a fungal infection that attacks hair follicles and um, in medical vernacular, medicalese, as I like to call it, you know, it's called dermatophytosis. But um, the common name for it that most people recognize, if they recognize it at all, is ringworm. And as an aside, the, the common name always struck me as kind of odd, considering there are no worms involved with this problem mm. at all. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> um, you know, I think um, I see probably about two or three cats a year with this particular skin problem. And most of them are kittens. And honestly, in the last 24 years since I graduated, I, I can recall only seeing one dog with it. Um, so, you know, definitely there are some problems that we see, we tend to see more in cats than in dogs. And of course, the reverse is also true. You know, I, I see a lot of ear infections in dogs, you know, but much less commonly do I see that in cats. Not that they can't get it, but I just don't see it right, as often. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, what other types of skin problems do you see more often in cats? Uh, 
Well, uh, I would say I see a problem called barbering much more often in cats. You know, this is where the cat chews the hair shorter in some places. Um, so I, in cats that go outside, I also tend to see a lot more skin parasites and problems related to parasite infestation. Um, of course, we'll sort of accept ticks from that. Cats can get ticks, mm -hmm. but I don't see them on cats as often. Um, I see a lot more fleas and mites in cats, particularly ear mites in cats when I compare to what I see in dogs. Um, I can't really say why that is, you know, maybe it has something to do with the clinics that I work in, like the geographic area, or maybe more people treat their dogs with parasite prevention medication than they do with their outdoor cats. Um, it's kind of hard to say, but having said all of that, you know, compared to when I graduated, I'd say that there are a lot fewer fleas and, you know, parasites and stuff that I used to see that seem to be out there these days. Um, when I think of how onerous, you know, those old flea mooses and sprays were to use on pets and in the house, you know, I can't say that I'm surprised the modern anti-parasite products are so much better that, you know, and convenient. I think probably that influences how willing people are to use them. <laughs> so do you think the outdoor cats, and again, I'm not sure if this is what you were saying, Danielle, I'm just kind of curious here, going back to the remark of, because we know us in our tick conversations, um, do you, do you think cats, for some reason, they don't latch on to as much? Or is it just the fact that there's less of them generally, uh, and I say that generally, coming to see a vet that you would see that are outside a lot more kind of inside cats? Does that have anything to do with it? You mean with respect to ticks specifically? Yeah, and cats, or, or some of that lessening maybe, but I'm curious about the ticks. Yeah, I know. Um, definitely, we do see ticks on cats. It's not that cats can't get ticks, you know. Right. Um, but um, when I see ticks in the clinic, it's because someone has found a tick on their pet and they want us to take it off for them usually. Mm -hmm. And so they will call and ask to come in so we can remove the tick for them. Um, and lots of people remove ticks at home. Um, right. Maybe right. there's a lot more indoor cats. Of course, indoor cats would be much less prone, if prone at all, to getting ticks, depending on the species um, of ticks, not cats. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's it. <laughs> yeah, but also, um, you know, like I say, it could be a parasite prevention problem. A lot of dogs are on parasite prevention, maybe not quite so many cats. Um, and I wonder too a little bit, and again, this is just guessing on my part, but if cats, cats are really good groomers, you know, uh -huh. they, um, yeah. they pick things off, you know, and so if they found something, they might remove it where a dog might not, unless it was in an area where they couldn't get at it. So, you know, yeah. that might be another reason, but again, that's a guess on my part. The meticulous cat taking care of the ticks. Uh, <laughs> what are exactly our ear mites? That sounds kind of gross. <laughs> Well, actually, they are kind of fascinating in this creepy, crawly sort of way. Um, maybe you have to have a morbid fascination with gross things like I do to right. appreciate them, though. We, know <laughs> we all do. know this is an issue for me. Well, they say knowing is half the battle, Danielle, long as you know. It definitely makes for interesting <laughs> That's content. That's right. It does. That's right. Well, you know, mites are actually these microscopic relatives of ticks and spiders, actually. So like other parasites, you know, um, some of them are contagious between animals. Um, right. Ear mites, and specifically, they, they commonly live in the ears, but sometimes they can live on the surface of the skin as well. Um, I honestly can't recall the last time I ever saw them in a dog, but I see them in cats at least a few times a year. 
And, you know, when a cat gets in, gets ear mites, they get this kind of dark, really dry discharge in their ears that kind of resembles coffee grounds. And their ears are really, really itchy. Um, so to diagnose ear mites, I take a swab of this discharge. And, and I almost know before I look under the microscope, because this poor cat is like frantically digging at their ear while I'm swabbing it, um, because it's so, so itchy. And I put this drop of mineral oil on a slide and rub the swab in it. And then I look at it under the microscope and you can actually see the mites crawling around through the mineral oil they have these like semi-transparent bodies they have eight legs with what look like hairs coming off them and if it's a healthy mite population you can see big ones little ones and even eggs that aren't even hatched yet all on the same slide and Again, I I kind of find it fascinating to watch them in their microscopic little world. And, you know, and I will confess that I'm secretly always a bit disappointed if there are no mites on the slide. Oh. <laughs> Not for the kitties' sake. Don't get me wrong. I don't want oh. the kitties to have mites. But, you know, I, I like to see them if they happen to be there. There's but, no mite uh, family you know, here. Yeah. Uh, right. But there's no question, you know, the, these little things have to go. You know, we, we don't want our kitties to be uncomfortable mm -hmm. or suffering from ear mites. So, you know, most of the anti-parasite medications we have can kill ear mites and eardrops for ear infections actually can be used to drown them as well. <laughs> Danielle, are there any skin conditions in cats that you don't see in other pets? Uh, there's actually one I can think of. Um called eosinophilic granuloma complex so we'll call it egc for short because that's a lot easier to remember and to say um when i've seen this condition it you know kind of commonly shows up around the lips and the mouth you know um starting with redness and swelling of the tissue there sometimes i'll see this hard sort of roundish swelling that appears on the lower lip in front of the lower incisor teeth um, and we can also see something that are commonly known as rodent ulcers, which, again, have nothing to do with rodents. Um, and these are swollen areas of the upper lips, and they're kind of like raw and covered in this like crust. Um, and occasionally it kind of shows up even other places like um, ha hairless, raised, raw areas and other places on the skin and the paw pads. So, you know, we think some of these kitties are having an allergic reaction to something. Um, so, you know, we we sometimes will put them on a special diet for food allergies. And a lot of them also respond to treatment with a drug called prednisone, which is an, uh, an oral steroid that suppresses the immune system. Okay, wow. Now you mentioned barbering earlier. Why would a cat chew the hair short in some places, like random like that? It does seem very random. If you have a cat that do this, you'll be like, why? Why would you do this, you know? Um, most commonly, of course, we see this on the belly and on the inside of the back legs and the underside of the tail. Um, and if you lift the kitty up, you know, you can see that the hair is much shorter where the cat can easily get at it in this normal length in other places. Um, we see it sometimes when cats are itchy, you know, for medical reasons. So if they have any kind of allergy, if they have skin infections, if they have parasites, you know, anything that makes them itchy can cause them to lick and chew at the hair. Um, we can also see it as a manifestation of a behavior problem too. Um, and sometimes, of course, trying to figure out which one it is can be tricky, you know, and if if you can find fleas or mites on a skin scraping or find that ringworm fungus we talked about earlier on a fungal culture test that will help make your diagnosis easier. 
Um, but other problems like food allergies are a lot harder to diagnose. I mean, it takes 8 to 12 weeks on a special diet to see if the symptoms clear up to diagnose wow. a food allergy. So, you know, sometimes your, your vet might recommend something like a skin biopsy to rule out a medical problem. If the skin's normal on the biopsy and no other causes for itching have been found, you know, then, you know, we kind of diagnose a behavior problem by default. And what do we do about this mess? You know, we, we sort of treat the underlying cause of the issue um, and that should help to resolve it so the kitty will stop licking and the hair will grow back. Um, for medical issues, that of course means treating for parasites, for ringworm fungus or allergies. Um, for behavioral problems, though, it's different. You know, we might recommend making changes to the home environment to avoid anxiety and stress. Um, mm -hmm. And if, you know, if necessary, possibly anti-anxiety medication. Mm -hmm. uh, and Danielle, yeah, like the behavior problems, if, again, going back to dogs, we can tell, right, if there are things going on. But with cats, it's kind of interesting to hear it from this perspective because I've never even heard from uh, people, like from the cat's people, that they've experienced skin issues this way. Is there anything we can do to prevent the problems in our cats? Uh, there are a few things you can do. You know, if, if you have a cat who goes outdoors, you know, make sure that they're on a broad-spectrum anti-parasite medication. Um, you know, you really want to prevent them from bringing home things like fleas, ticks, and mites, and, you know, all these other unpleasant little critters like lice. <laughs> that they can pick up from other cats out there. Um, it's also good advice if you're bringing home a new kitten or a puppy, you know, um, young animals in general are far more likely to be infested with parasites of any kind and to protect your older pets from that is always a good idea. Um, not only do you not want to have to deal with skin issues, but some parasites like fleas, for example, they can infest the house as well as the pets, right? So you want to make sure that you're not bringing any of those into the house. Um, to prevent skin-related behavior problems in cats, you know, make sure your cats have lots to do to keep them active, healthy, and, healthy and occupied. Uh, there's a great website called the Indoor Pet Initiative that posts all kinds of helpful advice on how to structure the indoor environment to avoid some of these behavior problems. Um, you know, there's been a lot of research kind of up and coming in that area. And, you know, we know that anxiety can play a role in all kinds of medical problems with skin and urinary problems being two examples. So um, always a good thing to make sure your kitties have, you know, lots to do and to keep them occupied. Awesome. Danielle, thank you so much for covering this. Definitely an, uh, a, an insightful conversation on this topic. And we chat next week with you. Looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Take care. Dr. Danielle Johnkind joining us for Ask a Veterinarian. And that's a weekly on the show. After the break, we have Wellness with Francis Wong and start of the new year, start of some interesting trends, including saunas. We're going to talk about the health benefits of using saunas and exactly what it means to use one. We'll be right back. It's Kelly and Ramia. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramia return with more in a moment. Welcome back. You're listening to Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv, AMI-audio, or your favorite podcast platform. Kels, I wonder how many people got pets over the holidays. 
Remember when we used to I, talk and poo-poo about people yeah. getting puppies under the Christmas tree? Like, not a good idea. It's just not a long-term It's been funny, too, situation. because of the COVID situation and yeah. how many people and, and places are saying there are a lot of pets being dropped off that people just can't handle. And I think, I bet you it's pretty down this year. And unfortunately, I bet there are a lot of animals that were that there that were looking for homes that mm. people are just, well, I've kind of already done that. My lifestyle doesn't le lean towards that anymore. So I know that's been a real tragic issue. So mm -hmm. I, I hopefully not a Adoptions. lot were left sitting. Yeah, hopefully a lot got adopted and people maybe did them as presents. But I know it's yeah. been a real rough time or the, even la the latter him. portion of the year. In helping in little ways as well as uh, we talked about, you know, animal shelters taking in food, uh, yes, similar to yep, donating yep. to food banks and such. So, yeah, and organizations doing their best to take care of elderly animals or animals uh, that elderly people can't take care of as much anymore. But I didn't hear too much of the trend this year or this past holiday season of people getting dogs and cats under the Christmas tree. So there's been a lot of you know, events going on to get pets adopted, but me too. Not, not heard the Christmas tree thing. No, not really. Um, folks, we've got other subjects to carry on about as we think about that one, because that, that does make you say, hmm, I wonder. Let's chat about the world of uh, health and wellness with Francis Wong. Hello, I'm Frances Wong, and I invite you to join me as we explore topics of health and wellness so that you can make the best choices for you to live an informed and radiant life. We're now into the new year, and with that often comes thoughts of setting New Year's resolutions. Maybe joining the gym to get in shape or simply lose some weight. But after all the holiday partying and eating, it's time to focus on taking care of ourselves. Frances, welcome back to the show, and... I wonder if what better way to continue that festive feeling is to relax and do nothing, maybe in a sauna? Hey, Kelly. Yeah, the last couple of years, we've talked about self-care, uh, particularly in the new year. We've discussed yes. float tanks and ice baths and gone from hot to cold. And now I want to uh, go back to something we can warm up to. So as you mentioned, saunas. I'm yeah, really it's 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 awesome. That. Like, I mean, you think about that saunas. Um, what a what a fun! If you feel like, ah, oh, gosh, I need to unwind. At least yeah. that's what it seems to me, right, Ron? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, all of this uh, kind of relaxation sounds good to me. So, relaxing and taking care of ourselves by doing nothing sounds fantastic. Uh, what about the benefits of going to a sauna? How did they come about? Yeah, so um, saunas have been around for quite some time, and I've read that the word sauna, which means bath or bathhouse, is the only Finnish word in the English dictionary, but I can't confirm that since I don't know any other Finnish words. Given that we use the term sauna implies that we have adopted it from Finnish culture. An article from 2019 stated that Finland had over 3 million saunas for their 5.5 million people. My in goodness. fact, there are more saunas than cars in Finland. So <laughs> wow. it's definitely embedded in their culture and it's seen not as a luxury, but as a necessity. In the old days before our current medical system, saunas were seen as sterile or clean places and almost all Finnish babies were born in the sauna. Whoa. So, Mm-hmm, very interesting. No, yeah. no one knows when the first sauna was built, 
but it is thought to have originated somewhere in Europe around 2000 BC. Now, saunas are meant to be heating structures like a room generally made of wood, where it's heated for people to relax and to sweat in. According to Harvard Health Publications, the Mayans used sweat houses 3,000 years ago. And if you want to take it even further back, once man discovered fire, it was not used, used not only to cook food, but it allowed us to intentionally heat the body. In Africa, saunas were built to get rid of infectious diseases, and they were not the saunas that you imagine today. Tribal medicine leaders would dig holes the size of a grave, and in that hole, they would start a fire. And as the fire turned to hot coals, they would lay poles over the hole to form a type of bed structure three feet above the hole so that the person who Yikes. was sick could lay there and sweat it out. Um, and this was quite a successful process at ridding patients of many diseases. And many other cultures like the Romans and Greeks and the indigenous also had their own form of bathhouses or sweat lodges. I couldn't find a figure for Canada, but for today um, in the U.S., there are thought to be over a million saunas. Mm, it's unbelievable. When you think about that history and, and, and something being around so long, making sense, definitely, even the ways to treat, because we'll all say, oh, to break a fever, this is what you do. We have our men, and a lot of time, it's that heat that body up uh, to get rid of it, especially when you're shaking and cold with it. What are some of the benefits of, of saunas when it comes to what we know today? So how about sweating like you're doing a hard workout, but you're not doing anything? That's great. Um, other, <laughs> <Love> that. <laughs> other than Sounding maybe slightly delusional, that sounds like my kind of exercise. Exactly. Unfortunately, there is a large lack of uh, lack of large controlled studies to back up some of the claims regarding the physiological and psychological effects of saunas. However, there is a growing body of scientific literature coming out, particularly from Finland and Germany. When a person sits in a sauna, their heart rate increases while their blood vessels widen. This in turn increases circulation and with improved circulation, it may help to reduce muscle soreness, improve joint movement and ease arthritic pain. Improved circulation may also promote relaxation and increase feelings of well-being. Some people with asthma may find that a sauna helps them get some relief due to the opening of airways and loosening of phlegm. A 2016 study from Finland covering a 20-year period linked sauna use with lower risks of dementia and Alzheimer's in men. More research is needed to confirm these findings. And of course, there is weight loss through sweating, even though it's temporary. And I do want to add a comment that while it sounds great, saunas in no way replace a proper exercise routine. Aww. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you hear that bubble pop? Boy, yeah, boy, I knew, I knew the other shoe was going to drop, right? But anyway, wow. you know, I, I'm curious about the other sides to this francis because it sounds a little bit like talking about coffee you know the the caffeine in our bodies <laughs> yeah. offers all these benefits but also and you know there's never really a consensus on whether coffee is good or bad for you so that being said with all the things that are coming out about saunas and all the things we can keep track of up to this point and obviously the cultures and places that have adopted these you know hugely uh, what are some of the downsides or potential risks of saunas? You're so right, Ramya. Many objects can be used in a positive or a negative way. For example, we need the sun for vitamin D, but if you stay out in the sun too long, uh -huh. uh, you get risk getting sunburned. So with saunas, we do need to take a precaution um, uh, and approach it carefully because of the fact that there is intense heat ranging from 80 to 110 degrees Celsius. 
We know that each person is unique and so is their health condition. So saunas are safe for most people, but there are always exceptions such as women with high risk pregnancies. Because saunas raise the heart rate, people who have uncontrolled blood pressure and or heart disease should take precautions and seek the advice of their healthcare provider before jumping in. As always, the information that we are discussing is general and saunas may not be appropriate for you. So if you have some health conditions, it's a good idea to do your own research and seek the advice of your doctor or healthcare provider. Okay, great, thank you. Remember the days when people um, from my dad's era Oh, yeah, get in the sauna and then go jump in the pool water. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, Dad, you go first. Um, I've heard of something called infrared saunas. How is that different from traditional saunas? So infrared sauna is a type of sauna, and the type is based on how the rooms are heated. There are four main types of saunas. The very traditional Finnish sauna is actually a smoke sauna where stones are heated with a fire for several hours. And then the sauna is used after most of the smoke has cleared. There are also wood-burning saunas, where wood is used to heat the sauna. Then there's the more modern-day sauna, which is the electrically heated sauna, where there is an electrical heater attached to the floor, and that heats up the sauna. And nowadays, there's something that you just refer to, the infrared sauna, which uses far-infrared lamps, and that gives off light waves, and that heats a person's body, not the entire room. And then mm. the humidity may also vary in saunas. So typically Finnish saunas use dry heat while Turkish saunas have more moisture. Yeah, because we hear a lot about that too, like steam room versus a sauna. And I right. um, was curious about what that meant for people. Like, do people take in their water bottles at dry saunas? Because it sounds dehumidifying. Um, now that we got some facts out of the way, let's talk about some things that we can do to best prepare for using a sauna, so my water bottle question stands. Yes, <laughs> there are definitely things that we can do beforehand to maximize our enjoyment of the sauna. And I'm going to throw this in there because we're sweating in the sauna. It's like we're exercising. So sweating is a form of exercise. And just as you wouldn't go and eat a heavy meal before you go on a 5K run, the same principle applies for a sauna. It's better if you fast for an hour or two before the sauna. But if you must eat something, just make it something light. And then avoid drinking any alcohol beforehand as alcohol and even some medications may impair sweating and produce overheating. And then if you're not feeling well, just save the sauna for another day. In regards to clothing, if you're using a sauna in a public space like your gym or a club, then the minimum that people wear is a swimsuit. And as a common courtesy, it's good to rinse off in the shower before you head in. Some people prefer wearing a t-shirt or shorts if they want a little more coverage. And if you're lucky enough to have your own sauna, then you can wear whatever you want, anything or nothing at all. And I'm referring to you owning the sauna, not you being the only person in a public sauna. The point is to sweat. So one thing you should not wear, though, is jewelry, as that can heat up and it feels like it's burning your skin. Just an observation while I've been in saunas is that people generally sit in silence as it's intended to be a place of relaxation and not a place for loud chit-chat with friends. And then saunas also usually have upper and lower benches for seating. So if you're newer to saunas, it's recommended to sit on the lower benches as the upper benches actually feel hotter. And then other than what you're wearing, you'll also want to bring with you water because you're going to be losing a lot through your sweat. And you can leave the water outside the sauna so it's right there for you when you need it. And that way you're also not heating it up, like you said, um, while you're inside the sauna. And then you should bring a couple of towels with you. One will be for you to sit on when you're inside the sauna and the other is for when you're finished sweating to wipe yourself dry. 
Great. Awesome. Okay. How long should someone stay in that sauna and what do you do once you're done other than grab your water? Yeah, so it's going to vary from person to person. So the longer you practice saunaing, you can stay in longer and how well someone can tolerate the heat. Typically, you're looking at 10 to 15 minutes, and that's actually feeling pretty long um, if you don't tolerate the heat well. You stay in there, then you pop out for about five minutes, um, and during that break, you can rehydrate yourself and then go back in. Um, the point is um, you want to make sure that you listen to your body and do what makes sense for you. Typically, people do two to four rounds. Um, if you feel uncomfortable or dizzy, um, just step outside uh, and cool off. And then another thing to note is when you're in and out, um, make sure that you close the door quickly so that you're keeping the heat inside the room. And once you're finished, um, it's a good idea to wash and shower off so that you can uh, wash off your sweat and rinse off to help close off the pores close in your skin pores, and then yeah. you can moisturize. Yeah. Yeah, and if you fasted, take a, you can have an opportunity to eat something light. And if you've done your sauna in the evening, it's a great way to prepare yourself for a good night's sleep. Oh, yeah, That's talk nice. about relaxing yourself. Yeah. Francis, thank you. Excellent, excellent. Good topic to get us started in January. Good time for those saunas. Thank you. You're welcome. Francis Wong joins us weekly, bi-weekly, excuse me, to talk wellness opposite our nutrition segment with Julia Karanchis. After the break, we got a bonus headline segment with Grant Hardy. He's here to give us uh, some articles that have caught his attention on a Tuesday afternoon. That's very nice. We'll be right back. It's Kelly and Ramya. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. You're tuned into Kelly and Rumia weekdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv, 4 p.m. Eastern on AMI-audio, and available on your podcast platform whenever. We are celebrating our one-year anniversary on being here on TV, and guess who's been here the entire time as we launched onto TV in 2023, continuing on in 2024? It's producer Grant Hardy, and he's here for bonus headlines. But before we get to headlines, Grant... Any thoughts and sentiments you want to share about being here, being on TV, and uh, stepping into the role on the team? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this uh, last week because I've worked with you guys since September 2022, but obviously we've just been on TV for a year now. Yeah. Cannot believe it's been a year. Like, it's it's gone by in a, a, a blink. Um, but, you know, just focusing on the positives i i'm just really amazed by what you guys as hosts uh and you know us as an on-air team and the folks be uh, behind the scenes on our team as well have have uh really achieved i think this is just such an accessible show like it's a really supportive show to be working on and contributing on it's a really accessible show to tell people to watch whether they're you know disabled or not this is this is kind of what i consider you know just like chatting with some some friends chatting mm. with some buddies but also you've got those experts but it's it's just really supportive to to people both contributors and people watching i really have to congratulate you guys because i'm i'm just so not only happy to be working on this team and have shared so much about like myself that I never thought I would have shared but also 
I'm just so proud to tell people about this show and have people watch it. And and that's a really big thing in, in a job. It is. It's just mm. just coming coming to work every day feeling really excited and, and proud about what's coming up. You're so yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, that I, is I, such a big deal to me as well, just knowing that we value our work, that we show up every day really curious and actually interested and connecting with each other um, is such a big deal, Grant. And for you being new to our team as well as Beth Deer, uh, I think that, you know, we get that fresh perspective from you, right, as we kind of... Um, on board slash feel out because it took me years to kind of feel out my role with kelly and company before we were kr mm -hmm. and then the same thing goes as we transition in really big ways onto tv so i agree with you and that warmth you know you're obviously talking about the quizzes that you bring onto the show right <laughs> i know that's why Kelly's would he talk about part. that stuff like, <laughs> what like do you he's mean? not saying all Fun, that negative stuff chilling with friends so, he said that <laughs> what i like grant is the fact with with you the live thing means spontaneity, and I think you take it to a wonderful position on our show um, because you share. And I know sometimes you stop like, oh, man, maybe I overshared, um, and I don't feel ever that you have, and I feel that people get a chance to hear from your heart, hear how you feel, and you're not abashed in sharing that, and I think that is a key component of what we like to deliver every day on this show. So uh, I thank you for yeah. that. It means a lot to me. Yeah, you guys mean a lot to me. And the the live sort of machine, like the 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 fast paced uh, live show, that has really just amped up my like, you know motivation because you cannot just sort of say oh you know what maybe like maybe we'll come back to this you know tomorrow or, or next week you know not really ready to put this on now like we're here now and we we move through material quickly and i just love that because i i feel like the the quality is still you know really really good and, and accessible as i said but we just have the opportunity to talk about and cover so much more stuff that you can't really do when you're not live. So yeah, really, really just huge props to you and everyone on the team uh, for another oh, awesome you. year. Thank you. Cheers, cheers, cheers. So this cheers, is a cheers, bonus cheers. headlines, technically, because we do headlines Mondays and Wednesdays with you. Uh, but we had a whole, so why not? Let's uh, get into what why you got not, for us. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit of kind of an opposite um, tone to the topic here. So <laughs> okay. not really sure how to transition into oh, this. But we'll do a hard reset. Exactly. All right. Hard reset. Okay. <laughs> we're good. Um, yeah. So we're talking about the loneliness epidemic in Canada, uh, which is um, pretty like uh, odd to me that we have this because we have so many ways of connecting with each other in terms of technology. So it must be just the social aspect. Uh, COVID nineteen, of course, didn't didn't help. Uh, but even after COVID nineteen, we've just when uh, it's such a huge surge in loneliness, especially among seniors in Canada, which is a heightening concern among experts about adverse health outcomes and mortality of social isolation that one expert has linked to smoking 15 cigarettes per day. Um, so they are talking about one Toronto hospital uh, preemptively tackling this concern with a program called How Are You? And it's put on by Mount 
CNA Hospital in Toronto. Uh, hopefully, I am saying that correctly. Cyanide. Uh, Cyanide Hospital. Oh, thank you. Uh, so basically what they are doing is they're pairing patients up with volunteers uh, to facilitate a 30 to 60 minute video call uh, once a week. And uh, they found that it's a, an escape for both patient and volunteer, like both people sort of get uh, get access to a lot by just having a conversation for an hour a week. It's not really a long-term pairing although i'm sure some people sort of evolve uh friendships out of it uh but just Ooh. a really simple idea and it came up because uh, a patient actually went to the emergency room and basically said i'm lonely like i'm sick mm. because i'm lonely and the apparently a doctor kind of well i don't really have a prescription for this like i don't know what to do about this uh so i i thought that was an interesting headline it's very simple like i've gotten through in a couple minutes here uh but it's just very grassroots and a way of uh helping people connect with the commute their community mm. Well, yeah. and, and people can be alone in a crowd, and they've said that, especially right now, with money being such an issue, people are even lonelier. They're not able to get out. They can't afford to do stuff. Everything is a worry because it costs so much. The things they need at home, there is just a stressful loneliness that people feel, even though they know others have the same problem if they look around, but people just feel so isolated and alone with their problems. Absolutely. And hospital stays are just the worst. I mean, you get to sometimes potentially with no preparation or, you know, mental idea at all, go in and then have to stay for nights and nights and nights at a hospital. Mm. And, uh, you know, with now and all, then all the restrictions... And all of a sudden they want you out. We need the bed. Beat it. Exactly. But now with all the restrictions as well, you know, how many people can come visit you and also how often people are coming to visit you. Uh, for my family, this was a big deal. Last year sometime, my dad went into ICU for a bit, uh, for a spell of time, and it was impossible to see him for more than a couple yes. hours a day and only a yeah. couple people at a time. And it was very stressful. And during stressful. COVID, it was horrible Absolutely. For I can't even imagine. You know, you imagine. couldn't go. I, I, when I was in the hospital during COVID, yes. you just... There was no way family was coming to see you. Nobody, you they would not allow it. You couldn't, it. exactly. And for people who are used to seeing loved ones at the hospital or taking shifts or staying overnight, uh, this stuff is stressful on everybody, right? And so, yeah, this is just an expansion of the loneliness thing, but it, it is very, uh, very difficult. It is. It's very difficult. I, I feel like I, we have we have all kinds of technological options available but they just don't seem to be enough we have some social issues standing in our way definitely just on a personal level based on like your experiences guys that you were talking about but also just people in my family that i've known that's definitely like my worst fear is just growing older having nobody around and not knowing how to handle it I even just thinking back to our conversation, I think it was with Leslie DePoe, maybe a couple of months back, I have to be a little careful about how I word this, but I do wonder whether there's a, this is a particular problem that maybe impacts men, especially not because quote unquote men are oppressed in any way. Of course we're not, but just, I think men have not really figured out how to develop our connections with our community and maybe the, the same way. So it's 100% like our fault, no one else's. It's just one of those things that 
maybe impacts it, but you know what? Like, I think it probably impacts all people and, and all genders. Yeah, I think they also talk about some shame, whether you're broke, whether you don't have enough people, whether your perception is, hey, I should have more people or I should be doing this I, 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 for shame. And there, for some reason, seems to be a lot of that that is, that is associated with loneliness. Exactly. Good move on, on the hospital here. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. Really wonderful. Uh, let's say we probably have a couple of minutes here. Uh, just talking about yeah. what do you do if you suddenly come into some extra money? Oh, oh. Nice. Um, oh for Ramya, that'd be like coming at extra vacation days. I mean, obviously. <laughs> yeah. um, do you pay off your student loans? Or do you start saving up? Uh, it, so one thing that they urge is think about the interest rate especially like if student loans are a tiny interest rate it might not make sense to pay it all off with your new money and instead look at like a tax-free savings account on the other hand if your student loan is uh, really stressing you out then that could be different but uh one expert said they favor the bucket approach where basically disposable income is branched off into various areas from debt repayment to savings to investing, to spending. These buckets can change over time as priorities shift. Uh, for example, for a younger person, you might put more into saving for a home. Haha, -ha, if you live in a big city like Toronto or Vancouver. Uh, but in, sorry, that was kind of snarky. Uh, but uh, also retirement and an emergency fund are really important as well. And they say just starting to think about this, even doing the initial just planning and thinking about this is a really positive step forward you guys got any money tips or goals that you're focusing on uh well, <laughs> go ahead Rob. i always like when you get into these go ahead oh, no. especially in january because i like reading nerd you know? wallet i i'm taking tips from them i don't have any personal tips yeah. other than you just know what? keep track keep track of your grace periods i think especially with student loans grace periods are yeah, go big. pay yours a big part right like they give you a lot of time to be interest free and uh, interest free just expands to a lot of different areas of debt so yeah, loan forgiveness exactly. programs if yep. you're lucky but yep. that yeah. means you know you're what? probably not working i asked i asked you guys a, a really personal question so i'll flip it around and turn turn it on myself i actually have some regret off overpaying back my student loans because the interest rates were so low. It was literally at the time, like, I don't know, like one or 2%, something like that. Mm. And I have some regrets thinking like, you know, I could have actually put that money into something that was guaranteed a little high, higher interest rate and then maybe paid back my student loans a, a little later. So this article just stood out to me from the point that, you know, most of us just don't know what we're doing. We don't have that financial literacy and it would be great if we did. Gosh, yeah. Well. Ryan Chin is looking to help us out. So if you need that help, get a hold of him over there at Sun uh, Sunlight. <laughs> He'll be I the like first it. to tell you that. Seek somebody that can help guide you. As usual. Grant, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. We'll chat with you tomorrow for more headlines with Grant Hardy. He joins us on Mondays and Wednesdays for these uh, flip-through articles and, of course, our opinions and insight. After the break, we're getting into hour two of Kelly and Ramia. And in that hour, we have uh, content development specialist Karen McGee joining us for collections this month. We are talking about her Disney pins. 
and the Disney trip she has upcoming as well. Also, we're looking back at special moments from the last year as we get into the anniversary conversation around Kelly and Ramia. But after yeah. the break, the CNIB has a few assistive device uh, events coming up. And Mathieu Rochette, our community reporter in Montreal, Quebec, is going to join us to talk about that. After the break, we'll be right back. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Well, it's kind of a hard reset, really, for... Um, oh, yeah, that's the other one, Command right? R, refresh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, we should just start... Reset. We should try throwing around <laughs> different... Um, keyboard shortcuts. This is how you restart. See. This is how you do it. <laughs> see where people can land with that stuff, especially because we both use different devices for work, right? No, I use a Mac, I use a PC. Isn't it Control-Alt-Delete? It is Control-Alt-Delete for PC, right? Know. But what was the other one that we used to try to get, convince people to do? Oh, um, Control... What was for format? To reformat format. your computer. Yeah, we used to, oh, we used to try to... Yeah, when some dummy no would say, idea. how do you restart this? Oh, it's control... control. I oh, my gosh. I absolutely not kept my finger on the PC world after switching was it control I have no idea. Anyway, I'll yeah. have to think about that. I had it yeah, a moment we'll ago. In my, yeah, we'll yeah, I had it a moment ago. And control uh, anyway, delete was for restarting? Even control, that sounds off to me. Hang on, shift, shift, control, delete. Somebody try it out. I'm not going to do it, though. I'll do it right now because then you can t uh, bring Matt to you. <laughs> yeah, in, okay. So, Anyways, and I can I can we'll sit here on, on the side and just watch <laughs> and observe. Well, Matt, what the heck? How was it to reformat? Anyway, let's uh, visit with one of our community reporters. More importantly than figuring out nasty things you can do to your computer or to p other people's was the recommendation always. Mathieu Rochette joins us with news from Montreal, Quebec. Mathieu, the welcome. Second... Happy New Year. <laughs> you too, Kelly. You too, Romia. The second topic will be a perfect fit for you. Yeah, Kelly, thanks. Today. You knew. Yeah. You highly oh, yeah. anticipated. It was, uh, sorry. Yes, it was. It was format C colon. That was it. Whoa. Uh, don't know if it still is format C colon back in the day. Uh, Matthew, okay. you doing all right? The holidays were good to you. Yeah, quiet, but it was great. Like just rest, work a bit, just one family dinner, and that's it. That was it. Lovely. I would just screw it up with the work thing. Oh, I guess you have to when you're told, "Hey, you're scheduled. Get in here." <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, that's that's part of my job, right? <laughs> you people bet, that showed up. There's no one. I stay home and uh, wing other stuff. <laughs> was it? It was. Has it been busy in the food service area? Has it been kind of crazy? Uh, I can. Well, December in general, honestly, was a bit sad. Um, oh. The last week of December and the first of Jan was extraordinarily busy. And now it's dead. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's so-so. Let's take it that way. Yeah, and you hope it picks up. We wish you luck there. Let's switch into a little gold ball discussion, sir. The Quebec Blind Sports Association is holding the 22nd edition of the Montreal Invitational Gold Ball Tournament. Yes, this is the annual event. Uh, will happen all, like always in the last weekend of January. This is 26, 27, 28 to this year. So um, it's one of the honestly well-named tournament in North America. It's been there for decades. It's 
And it's interesting because this year there'll be a new here because the, the Nathalie Chartrain was the general of the association for over 20 years, uh, just went to a retirement few months ago. So now it's a new administration council, a new general manager who's in charge of the of the tournament. And nice. I and so far it's look really outstanding, the organization. Um, wow. Five teams this year on the men's on the men's side or on the women's side will compete the honor of being the, 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 the Montreal champion in the last weekend. From Alberta, Nova Scotia, Ontario, Quebec. And I remember because I was there for <laughs> on, uh, when I was a bit younger, um, there was back in the days team were coming from states, Japan. It was honestly, like I said, it's a really high level tournament well organized i'm sure this year there'll be the same thing it's a traditional important event happened here it's all free my friend it's still in gadbois the gymnasium the two gymnasium actually that the teams compete is extraordinary in in manners of sound check which is really important because for people mm -hmm. who doesn't know global the sport has to be played in complete silence of course, the player on the on the on the court could uh, could speak, obviously, but because it play with the ball with belt in it, it has to be deadly silence to let the players can hear the ball and block with that body on the floor. A really amazing sport, honestly. If you don't know what goalball is, I highly recommend either to come and join us uh, on the. On the, the 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 on the tournament at the end of the month, or just go on YouTube or whatever browser that you like to watch your videos. There's a lot of example on different level, men, women, local team, Paralympic sport. It's a really really nice sport to play. Really physical. I'm not gonna deny I've been injured many times and I still <laughs> has some pain from it. But that's the that's the beauty of the sport when you play. There's no limit of what you can do. Even blocking the ball with your face, have nose broken, but hey, I blocked oh the ball. My. <laughs> yeah, I, I nah, never. We gotta I, get I, the I, equipment on, man. <laughs> I never ever ever got the nose broke or anything like that. But I remember Gosh. years ago, and I don't know if this is the predecessor to this tournament, Matthew, because I remember coming to Montreal a couple of times back in the goalball days, a little more than 22 years ago, but <laughs> or 22nd <laughs> annual when you say it that way so i'm not sure how they did but i as you mentioned they used to be the u.s teams that would come in and it was a highly well-respected event um and and high competition it was a lot of fun so i certainly left there with some bruises scrapes and so on but you know when you talk about interest and intrigue and checking the sport out and having the teams that you guys do and i'm assuming a lot it, it's definitely a little more local but what fun you must have too we i think people forget that element of it too there's so much enjoyment playing it uh, yeah it's tough it's a hard sport yeah you get banged around a little bit like other sports but boy is it, is there some camaraderie with that mm -hmm. and you know there's one thing has to be mentioned especially for goalball there, I'm not sure, honestly, that's maybe me who's a bit ignorant on other blind sport. This one, you see a bit, you don't see, it doesn't matter. Everyone has uh, goggle on. You don't see anything. Everyone is equal. So what's the, compare, let's say for hockey or blind tennis, the, 
the rules will be a bit different regardless of your level of vision. This one, everyone is equal. That's it, yeah. that's all. So after that, it's a matter of your physical training, how hard you want to win, uh, you know, and it's, it's individually, it's important as your team, right? And that's why on my personal experience, I can really say it's, it's after the goggle is on, everyone is, is, is this, it play at the same level. Yep. And honestly, each, after each weekend of either this tournament or others that I made, it's an extraordinary moment that you share also with your friends, with your partner team. And always when I finish the tournament, I always have this 24 hours uh, missing something. I have to go back in the reality. <laughs> Where's my buddies? Where's... And, and tournaments will do that to you anyways, Matt, because you're spending yeah. like two to three days um, yeah. just fully engulfed in goalball, whether you're spectating or playing mm -hmm. uh, or coaching. So I know that people really look forward to these couple events a year, including the Montreal tournament, um, where, you know, you get to just dive right into all things goalball for days. And, and there's so many that play it. And it, like you said, Matthew, it's so welcoming as a sport to many people, um, yep. it, you know, and, and you don't have to be, in the greatest shape, in the way you know, no. you could be new to it. You still can yeah. take it on. There are different ways of playing. Yeah, if you're if you're competitive and playing, representing your your province or your country or wherever. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a total different game. But but the fact that it can welcome in so many different types of people from different walks, mm -hmm. from different ex mm -hmm. sports experiences or lack of. And and again, like you say, it, it's one of those things that can curtail itself a little bit. Yeah. Really and wonderful. All that being said, it's so fun to watch it on a pro level at these um, tournaments. So Or at Paralympics or anything. Yeah, right? or provincials um, and nationals here in Canada. But it's nice to see these rookies get involved, the people who are new, like the encouragement man to say, yeah. you know, go and give it a try and don't feel like, oh, I can't play, I can't do well. Anyway. Yeah, this tournament's been going on for a while. Matt, we got to squeeze in your second topic, which is yeah. technically a few different things you want to highlight. So run through the CNIB assistive technology events that are coming up. Yeah, I just selected three of minis that they are offering. And I have this uh, thought in the back of my mind when I, I uh, received that email. I was like, you know what? Let's talk about it. I don't know for the rest of Canada, but here in Quebec, here's the deal. Um, usually, traditionally, it's the re-adaptation the re the re centers are provided every help from abilities, assistant technology, set up your things, uh, help you out with... Uh, you know, order white cane and stuff. It doesn't go well as it was before from the last 10, 12 years. Now, when you want to update just just your thing to Windows 10, to give you an example, and knowing how to work through it, uh, you need to call. They will call you back, and it, take, it can take some time, months. The thing is, we all know when we have something important, we, we need this computer, this iPhone, whatever, Android, it's important to know how to use it right now. We cannot sometimes wait weeks or months. It's important for us. So obviously when there's important emergency, they do them best to call you faster. But anyway, so when I see um, the CNIB program on, on, on few trainings, um, could be like from to use how to know you use your new iPhone, your iPad, Windows 10, question about, you, you already uh, know many, you know, the, big, the, 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 the beginning stuff, 
but you have more questions on something other level that you may be struggling on the new on the new device you need to to use. They're offering free training on Zoom. They have even every Wednesday, some of them it's once a month, every Thursday, Tuesday. Guys, just go on the cnib.ca, select Quebec. It's incredible the assistance they're offering. I don't say don't use the readaptation, the readaptation center anymore. That's not what I want to say. I just say it's both very important. If you need an immediate help, maybe CNIB, it's a better option for now. Um, and, and yeah, so just go into CNIB.ca. Lynn, oh, sorry, I forgot her last name, is in charge of the programs. All details are there. There is different times regardless where you're living at, uh, different uh, program, different days, all information are there. Um, and you just need to use Zoom. And the good thing is awesome. you don't know how to use Zoom, just call them, they'll teach you. <laughs> <laughs> they'll make sure that you know how to get on and teach you. Hey, thanks, pal. Appreciate it, Matthew. Nice to have you back with us. We'll talk next month. Exactly. Take care, guys. Have a nice month. All right, good, good luck in the tournament. Matthew Rochette. He's our reporter in Montreal, Quebec. Always visit with our community reporters on Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays on the show. After the break, we'll continue our convo about this being the uh, one-year anniversary of Kelly and Romeo. we got some people joining us. We've got some messages and clips we want to get back to because, you know, it's nostalgic even though it's only been a year. We'll be right back. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Tuning into a special episode of Kelly and Ramya here as we celebrate one year of being on TV. January 9th, 2023 to January 9th, 2024. Kels, this time last year, we were hopping on for the first time and keeping our fingers crossed. So the smart thing would have been to check out the show mm. from last year because oh, so you know true. we're not going to remember Is it even anything that went now? on. No, I don't, I know, don't so. know. Uh, uh, and even if you recorded it, ignite and them just goes, it's gone yeah, it's after gone. a year. Bye. So we'd have to go. I I might have it somewhere. I think I asked for it as a file to keep. Yeah, if somebody you has one, you would for sure. Well, yeah, and I mean, of course, you don't look back and say, oh no, it's painful. I'm not watching that. I don't think it would um, be but that it's painful. It was. I think we I started think we out pretty good. It, actually. Um, I mean, after all, you know, it's a one year ago as a TV product. We have a few people we'll talk to and they can concur with us yeah. or get off the show that it was a great show. <laughs> uh, let's let's think back, though. <laughs> and, uh, one year. Only one opinion is great. Ow, exactly. One. That's the only one. If you don't have that opinion. <laughs> Get out of here. Out, out, out yeah. the show. Get out of here. Off to the side there. <laughs> okay, so let's think about this. Um, one hour and about uh, 15 minutes ago, uh, in the control room, the kind of sound that you would have heard was something along the lines of this. Kelly and Romeo, entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. 
It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. Cute. Well, I hope you're ready to have some Thank fun, you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. Watch the it's absolutely fantastic. On behalf of Amy Amuda, and I've got to say, beautiful. Ah, uh, so nostalgic. Yeah. I never saw this part of it, or this side no, of it. Never... No. This got tweeted out shortly after the show well, went you to You know air, how I was on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, or sorry, Same this way got uh, posted, X'd out. X'd out. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, That's definitely. not how they refer to it, is it? I know this is a serious tangent. They don't say X'd um, out for posting, do they? No, they say post. Now okay, on yeah, X, good. I was making oh, up generic. X'd out. Yeah, yeah. yeah you sent something out. I like X'd yours, out, though. Right? X'd, X'd out. out. Uh, it, it sounded like a lot of fun in there. Um, you know, anything launching, and don't get me wrong, you know, the control room was was uh, darn new, and the gang had been working at things through the day, but I, I just to, to hear that, to, that feel, and you wonder, and, and also not being ever able to stand in there, really, and watch the show get done, get started, and stuff like that. Yeah. This, for me, folks, is kind of that kind of surprise to you, because I, I, I'm in here. I'm, I'm not privy to what goes mm-hmm. on in the control room uh, while the show is on. Well, that's how it is anyway, right? Like, you're focused hard on what you're doing, your emotions leading up to it. Um, I, I was here in studio, and, like, that was different for me because we were doing a lot of work from home or stu- home studio setup in December and testing and all of that stuff. So jumping into it here was different. And then he, watching it this way or experiencing, you know, you hear Megan, you hear Anastasia uh, counting us down into the show. I'm like, oh, so that's a whole different kind of vibe, understanding what it was like bigger picture heading into the show. From the control room, and mm. they're really, really cool. And those guys, everybody um, have gotten us through so, so much. And oh then gosh, yeah. a week or so later, Irene joined the group. Exactly. Well, actually, Every day. Irene was there. Irene was there at the it was time. Just off the first two days, I think. Yeah. 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 I think that we were on air. Mm-hmm. Also, every day they get us through a lot of stuff. Uh, the control mm. room, because you know, you see us, you hear us, because uh, we're the the talent. But there's so much going on behind the scenes in terms of coordination and troubleshooting. Real Absolutely, and telling us, keeping us on track with time cues and all these other things. There's like a billion billion things going on so anyways um we want to hear from some of our control room staff and the people behind the scenes so irene sullivan who is our director and megan mcgraw who's our visual producer uh, are going to be up in this next bit of how people are feeling on anniversary day happy one year anniversary to the kelly and ramya show it's irene solomon the director of the show it's been a blast bringing to you a program that's full of interesting conversation, hopefully what you find fascinating topics, and trying to come up with a way of presenting them in an interesting and unique fashion. I love our morning meetings where we brainstorm about all the things that we're going to do and how we're going to do them, and uh, yeah, it's just been a lot of fun. Great group of people, and we hope to continue to bring you excellent television um, for the next year. So once again, Happy anniversary to us. Hello, it's Megan here, the visual producer of the Kelly and Ramya show. It's our one year team anniversary. I just wanted to give a shout out to the amazing team for all their hard work and dedication this year. Looking back to our first show a year ago and comparing it to today, it's mind blown. 
their progress and development are just off the charts. Sure, we had our fair share of challenges, but honestly, it's been a total blast. I've got so much love for the team. They're absolutely amazing. And we've got so much more exciting stuff lined up for the new year. Can't spill the beans right now, but better stay tuned for what's coming up. Cheers to an incredible year. The door is off. That's for sure. Thank you, Meg. Wonderful words, Irene. Beautiful to have you on there. And just those feel from people who joined our team to get this off and running for the television component. Mm. And that's not to take anything away from our audio days or what we continue to do and the support we get from you folks over um, listening in and involved with AMI-audio. We also had a little switch. Um, senior producer Matt Agnew stepped away for a while. He'll be back yeah. shortly. And filling his shoes and doing something very different for him. Jeff Ryman now joining us uh, as our senior producer. Jeffy, uh, what's this year been like for you? Yeah, you know what? It's been a year of growth and progress, I think, is is sort of the, the big thing for us. Um, switching from audio to TV is never easy um it took months and months and months and months and months almost years literally worth of planning um but we got there we launched a year ago it's always funny to see and, and i would love to go back and and, and take a, a look and listen at our first show on tv and, and compare it to now um that's always kind of fun to do um but it's been it's been incredible um you know, watching you guys every day on TV, hitting a new audience on AMI-TV, mm -hmm. and we're still on AMI-audio, um, you know, it, it, it's really been incredible. And um, like everybody else was alluding to, I think that there's still so much more, there's so much more potential with this show um, that we can get to in the next year, next 10 years, whatever it may be. Um, there's still tons to get to. So, it, it, mm. and like what everybody else said, um, it, it's a fun group to be around. Yeah. Um, there has been a fair share of ups and downs, especially from a technological standpoint. That can always be tricky uh, on a ongoing. daily basis. Yeah. Um, but everybody handles it with such a grace and professionalism. I'm telling you, you know, the people in the control room, they put up with a lot on a daily basis. But here we are. Every single day we're, we're on air, we look good, we sound good, so couldn't be more proud. Yeah, and you know, like I remember the elements when we're talking about transition and bringing Matt back into the conversation. He's not here, but you know, his ears must be ringing or whatever they say. So the thing is with uh, transitioning from audio to TV, because we spent years on audio, we loved a lot of the elements that we had on there, right? Like the doorbell IDs, as we call them, which is you know the contributor intros that we um, package out and and throw to before we bring in a contributor on the show. Uh, also the theme music and the the copy around the theme music we were talking for months about like do we want to bring in a new theme do we what what do we want the um intro to look like when we go on tv remember like how close we were to switching up things so drastically right like what do we want to feature visually and audio wise and then we just ended up saying ah Kind of like it the way it is, and brought yeah. that back Let's in. Let's focus on getting our audio show yes, on, TV, on and, TV and have that fun with it. And there was, because, Rumi, I think you make one of the most amazing points about our team. Our original team is very audio-driven, not just yes. because we had an audio talk show. We all went to broadcast schools we uh, love and, it. and took courses 
yeah. that involved audio. So for us to make that change, and I, I kind of love it, like for, for us to kind of just for a moment, think about that alone, changing the theme song. I think for me, that that's something we've thought about. Uh, we're kind of catchy, you like that, but it was driven home when Lucas Hammond yes. and played our theme song on the special that made you stop and say, wow. Okay, yeah, we do love this. No. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. How about you, and Jeff? Is there, with this TV component going from audio, what scared the heck out of you? <laughs> the visual aspect of things, um, you know, adding that and just um, the the extra things that need to go into a show just from a visual standpoint is extremely hard. Everything you see on the screen is done and done with a purpose and has to be done uh, pretty much the day of, maybe sometimes the day before, depending on how lucky we are. Um, but having everything tied together and pieced together nicely and in an efficient and timely manner is extremely, extremely hard. And it's a lot more time consuming than just turning on a microphone and talking away, um, you know. And it was funny because Rummy and I were talking yesterday in studio that we would love to do a show in the dark. Remember those on the audio yeah. days? You can't really do that anymore on, on TV. But, you know, we, we, we definitely had a lot of fun. And I think that's something that we're so proud of is that we literally just wanted to bring that audio show on the TV and I have, you know, obviously some visual effects that are aesthetically pleasing. And I think we've done that uh, very, very well. So um, mm -hmm. couldn't be more proud. Yeah, and the contributors yes. too, they all rock. Oh, I mean, contributors rocked on so many up. levels. Day like one. the last two months, I'd say, before coming into uh, January 2023 was hardcore for our contributors because, you know, as you know, a lot of our contributors are members of the disability community, blind or low vision um, majority, and having to redo doorbells, having to rejig their performance or uh, just energies for TV. What is their visual setup going to look like at home? What's the equipment like? You know, where uh, am I going to look? Yeah. What am I doing? What am I doing? Do I look and what am I sending to you so you can add to the visual side of the doorbell? And mm -hmm. Megan McGraw, you know, like huge shout outs to Megs because she was um, like all day, every day working with contributors, not just on the setting them up side of things, but uh, to rejig the visual, like adding visual elements to the audio components that we were bringing into the show and said, we love this exactly the way it is. So can you add just the visuals you need to to make this creative in that sense? Yeah. yeah, and you know, I, you I, saw that when everybody stepped up at Christmas too. I mean, yeah, that was yeah, new for everybody. Yeah. How do I do this TV thing? Yeah, that's right. And there's going to be so much more. You know, having Kelly, you do a live hit on TV from the London CNIV earlier. Oh yeah, true. Mid to late last year, um, that was fun. We're hoping to do more of that stuff. Obviously, the Kelly and Remya primetime special was uh, very unique, and I know it wasn't live, but that was part of our show. That's who we are, and it was really fun to do that. So, throughout the past year, you know, we've definitely had a lot of fun and a lot of growth. Well, yeah. Definitely. Jeff, thanks for making time. Thanks for everything you've done over this past year, especially yes. diving into senior producing, doing something so totally different. Thank the up. team in the control room. Thank the team behind scenes and, and the, the Grant and Beth and everybody who's joined us uh, on this forage into the television part. But mostly, folks, thank you out there who give us your time, whether you're watching on the TV side, listening through a podcast. Just thank you so much. It's so 
incredible. We are in a very privileged position, Ramya. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are, Kelsen. Every day uh, we come into this space, you know, resetting for a whole other two-hour show, and we hope that we get a lot out of it and that everybody listening and watching gets a lot out of it, too. Certainly. And we thank everyone for making this uh, this segment, indulging us, whether you're at home, <laughs> along with us, or just the contributions yeah. and fine words from We're everybody so sentimental. else. sentimental. Indeed. All right. We'll take a break from the sentiments. We're going to come back and talk to Karen McGee. She's a content development specialist here at AMI. But she joins us for collections often enough because she has enough collections for us today we're talking about her disney pens oh not pens pins we'll be right back it's kelly and ramia it's fun insightful and inclusive kelly and ramia return in a minute We're continuing on with hour two of Kelly and Ramia. It is a mm, atypical Tuesday afternoon show for us because we're celebrating our one year anniversary on AMI TV. Kelly McDonald, Ramia Amuthan. Uh, but one thing that we're keeping in here, because it's a monthly segment, is our collections and hobbies chat. So this is where we get to your collections and the themes around things that you're collecting. And we throw in some hobbies here once in a while as well because those are. Uh, equally curiosity peaking and get to the stories and sentiments behind those collections today we have back on regular guest well, as regular as she can be on a monthly segment content development specialist karen mcgee who joins us from morseburg ontario how's it going karen good happy anniversary it Thank like you. it is in shauna it's snowing and blowing here so is it yay. okay I was if, the, ask. if the power goes out this morning the power may go out i live in an area where the power goes out frequently yep. during storms so just fyi greg david gave us a similar warning for tomorrow's show so i'm like sneaking suspicion like maybe he just wants to sleep in but we're an afternoon show i was so. just no, gonna say us, i wonder who us, they've got to go out and cut the line <laughs> Now, trust me, it just goes. It's ever since the ever since the storm of '98. Now I'm looking old. Um, the power has been a little. Um, how can I put this? Sketchy. Iffy. 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 Yeah. Iffy. Yeah. Iffy. It, it, like it'll sketchy. go out. With if, if you sneeze wrong, it'll go out. Oh, don't do that then. <laughs> Please, no sneeze. I won't. Yeah. Especially not right no, now because we want to get to the no. Disney pins. Especially on camera, you'll blow all your pins over. <laughs> okay, yeah. so. What is this? What are Disney pins? Can we start there before you tell us about the who, what, when, where, so, why? So Disney pins are a way of Disney to make more money because that's Obviously. what they do. Um, they sell these pins and that people over the years have started collecting them and trading them. And you can buy batches on Amazon that may have some legitimate ones in them and some what are called scrappers, which are ones that maybe the factory rejected. Um, but people take mm. it very seriously. You can trade pins with, there's cast members who just do pin trading. Um, people will put pin boards on their doors at their resorts and like leave a pin, take a pin. Um, I like to get them when I go on trips. Um, we've got some Canada pins online from Epcot. They're on, on air right now, on, on air. Um, Mickey and Minnie, there are so many different Mickey and Minnie pin lines, like hundreds of thousands some of these pins can get really expensive some of them can sell up, up upwards over a thousand dollars in the actual disney stores they have disney stores Whoa. in disney springs donated to pins they have short what do they call the fancy crystals i want to say schwafsky crystals i can't oh, pronounce the word Swarovski. i can't say yeah either. you know fancy crystals in them they, <laughs> swarovski thank you that's it crystals um 
super fancy. Um, <laughs> and people will trade these things like crazy. I like to, I collect a lot of the Star Wars ones, shockingly. So like in the Star Wars land at, um, at Hollywood Studios, they have ones that are um, in mystery boxes. The one on screen right now is actually a limited edition that my friend's son picked out for me that was May the 4th Be With You. They were there for May the 4th. I've got like lanyards from Star Wars. And I realized I was sending these to Megan. I have a lot of Star Wars ones. I'm very nerdy. I don't mean to be nerdy. My favorite one is Leia saying, I love you, and Han Solo saying, I know. That's my favorite line. <laughs> the back of these, the back, there's a lot of Mickey heads. Um, BB-8, the center of BB-8 spins. Oh, the BB-8 oh. pin spins. Um, and like BB-8 has little like mini ears and the key ears on them. And my favorite one is an R2-D2 pin that I got. I've talked before about how I did the Star Wars races back in 2019. That was the last year they had the Star Wars races because then 2020 happened. Um, right. I did 5K on a Friday, 10K on a Saturday, and half marathon on a Sunday. And part of the training is you actually run a full marathon. And I signed up for the virtual one just to get a little R2-D2 pin. So... <laughs> You wow. really kept you kept track of the pins, Karen. Like, well, I do. Like yeah. knows where I will everything comes from virtually for wow. these pins. Well, they're <laughs> memories, right? So, like, I've I've got mm. one for a lot of the years that I've gone. So every time I go, I try to pick one up for every year yeah, that I go. Fair. So, like, it's like like 2018, 20, well, not 2020. I'm supposed to go in 2020, but like, there's a big gap. Um, but I try to do that. Um, Trading with little kids, like I buy the bulk ones off Amazon to trade with little kids because they don't really care. And you know, the backs, the pins, the holders are in Mickey ear shapes. I oh, that's cute. Haven't I have? Yeah. I have probably about 150 of them. Okay. And generally, it costs not just Mickey. yeah. Generally, not just Mickey. They run in price when you buy them there between 15 and 25 dollars is usually what I spend. But like, I'll try to get one in each park when I go. It's it sounds so nerdy, and I'm ashamed of myself. Oh, don't be. Um, we have so ever... much space on this segment for you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course you do, because she wants you to fill airtime. Do you have any of the real expensive ones? Like, like, how, what oh, quantifies one to be one of those thousand dollar ones? I would say I wouldn't. I wouldn't personally spend more than twenty five dollars on one. I'd have to really like it. Um, yeah, just because I like by to mistake buy other or anything. Well. Have you ever got like something that's like a collector's so, that? The one, like, like there's you a said, Mickey the one that, ones. The one, so there's a Mickey one that I have that I need to look up a little bit more because it is a little sparkly one. And as I was doing some research mm. for this online to see how much some of these sell for, um, the rare ones you can buy on eBay, like in the thousands of dollars, but I'm not going to do that. But my one Mickey looks a little rare, so I might check that one out a little bit and see, do a little yeah. more digging, but it never works. Like you think you've got something, you never do. Mm. Yeah, but like, you wouldn't I still part have with it anyway babies. though, right? Like you, you're no, not, it's even memories. if you found... Yes, I was just going to say, you're not, if somebody says this is worth a thousand, you know, you're going to say, no, 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 it's memories. If they say, well, actually, sorry, that's a $5,000. And here you go, oh, you got 5000 No, no, I don't think I would. I don't think I would even for that. Like, and it's the memories. Like, I like the memories. And I don't ever bring them out until I'm going to Disney again. So I shouldn't say that. Every once in a while, I like to look at What do you do, though? So Wars when you bring them out before Disney, which you have a pending trip, right? So I, I have, I'm and supposed to leave, knock them? on wood, supposed to leave on Sunday. I store them in a Ziploc bag, so not carefully at all. Oh, okay. Um, okay. There's, you can actually buy pin trading <laughs> books and put them in. And I've looked at them, and I'm like, that just seems like a lot of work. I've thought about How getting, about, like, like a, uh, wall a things? cork board. Yes. Yeah, I thought about don't doing yeah, that. Yeah, I was just going to say, because don't you worry about them being damaged? Don't you worry about them being damaged in a bag? I should, maybe. I, I like looking at the little kids when they look at them. Like, I like, I'm sorry, I hope this doesn't sound creepy, but I like interacting with people when I go to Disney. I'm going by myself next week, hopefully, if the trip goes. Um, I never believe I'm going until I'm actually on the plane or there. Um, the the little kids get so excited. So, you know, I'll have one that, like, maybe is Mike, Mike 
Gwinowski from like um, Monsters Inc. And like kids mm-hmm. get really excited about that. It's like, yeah, I'll trade it with them. I don't care about that one. The ones I don't want to trade with people, I leave at home. Yeah. Wow. I don't want to lose them. I love the trading thing. People, that is so cool. Yeah. Do you just approach people really- at Disney and start trading pins? You can. So if you're wearing a lanyard, chances are you're going to pin as well. A lot of the cast members, mm-hmm. they're called cast members at Disney if you work at Disney. Which I kind uh-huh. of love. Nice. Right, um, right. The, yeah. They have like it's these trivial. boards and they'll come out and there's pin trading spot and go and trade pins. Oh, okay. For the okay. purpose. Okay, there's people a will bring out their spot. big binders. And some people will be very particular about they'll only trade with official pins, which are the ones you don't get on Amazon. <laughs> um, but other people oh, will trade okay. like whatever. How, how do you know the like, official I'm not pin? That well, how how not are you going to gonna know what? What's on the pin that you know it's an it's a Disney one like it's yeah official. Not one of the no, other how do you, can you tell the bootlegs? Like the, if the so the colors have to be bright and sort of in the proper lines. And I'm sorry if my internet might be crapping out a little bit here. I apologize. Um, the um, uh, there's the the backing with the Mickey ears and as well there's a copyright Disney right. on the back like a okay. C Disney uh-huh. on the back. Even yes. then, sometimes people can fake that. There are people, there's actually an app you can buy that I haven't bought, which will tell you if you have fake or real ones. Oh, my. I don't know. I want They're to even making money off the app. app that's that. pretty I was going to say, well, that's I, really, it. Like, I wonder how, how it's not a Disney run is, app. But it's, no. Well, that's it. It's not okay, a Disney well, run someone's app. someone's making and, money. And, you know, Disneyland has very strict rules about how to do it. Like, when you're trading mm-hmm. with... Um, Disneyland is different than Disney World. When you're trading with a cast member, they're only allowed to trade two pins per cast member because the cast members have legitimate pins. They're not supposed to trade the fake and the scrappers, as they're called scrappers. And they're called scrappers because they went through the factory and they didn't meet Disney standards, so they just sell them in bulk to online sellers, and mm. that's how they get in. But I, I kind of like, I don't care. My friend's kids love it. Like, you know, they want to see the pins that you have, and I just, I just give them sometimes to the kids, and yeah. it's just yeah. fun. It's the kids, right? Have, you, like have, you, have you seen them from the other Disney locations, like you mentioned Disneyland, but other ones that are out there? Do they, a, or is it primarily land and world? It's everywhere. It? Paris, I'm like, like Paris, yeah. Tokyo. Um, where's it? I can't remember the other places. I want to go to Disneyland, Paris. Have that we asked fun. you? Like, have you gone to any of the other ones? What's your? I've done Disneyland and Disney World. Um, it's on a list, but it's. Try- I don't know if I want to go by myself all the way to Europe. So trying to find someone to go with me. You interested? Oh, yeah, of course. Also, I mean, if there's somebody to go to Disney with, it would be you, Karen. Also, um, how much time do you spend when you go to Disney around the pins? Um, I will look for them in stores. I will seek them out in stores. I haven't done the putting a pin board on my door to trade, which some people do oh, because there wild. are people that are not so nice. That's right. And they don't people trade. People come back to their they rooms take. all the time. I would just take all the all the people come back and all the pins sure. will be gone. Yeah, That's no. a little kids' yeah. pin trade. I'd rather board. go to those That's station and do that with yeah. like uh, if you're there. That would be fun. Just like you said, if you the, the people's excitement, what like yourself, like the painted though. on grin that you have that while you're doing yeah. all that. Like if I see a kid, if I've got my lanyard on and I have it full with pins, and I see a little kid who's like liking one of my pins, I'll just give it to them. Right. I just like I. And you spent max twenty five dollars, so the kid doesn't even really have to worry and about that usually i wear scrap usually i wear the ones i bought in bulk it's like you can get 50 right. for 24 bucks on amazon and okay. you may get one or oh, two wow. legit i'm using air quotes legitimate ones right um i'll just give those to kids like so you said i'm also making friendship bracelets. i better have about 150 i haven't sorted all through them in a while but like i've got random like they do they do disney park food it's like there's disney pretzels <laughs> and disney mickey mouse bars and disney churros and so disney cute. cheeseburger rolls and like 
Pacey's hot dog ones. And like every single character in multiple ways, like in black and white, in multicolor, um, with their partners, um, with, oh, I hear myself. I'm like every Star Wars character ever put on a screen has a pin somewhere. Wow. And people people buy them. It's a huge No, of course people do. Karen, thing. the closest I've got to this is the Pandora charm uh oh, I want to do that collecting, right? And I didn't I was oh. never into it, but I had two besties who were absolutely absolutely huge fans of Pandora for like 5 years straight. So everybody's birthday, any kind of occasion, anniversary, uh, just any cute thing that you could buy someone a Pandora charm for, it was happening. So I currently own like 10 Pandora charms and have gifted over 20 for sure because that's how They're not the cheap either. They're, they're pretty not. expensive. Mm -mm. They're not. But they're I not. thought that was the kind of, you know, big collecting thing. Um but right. you're making Disney sound like beyond well, I, well, you know the thing with Disney the also here has is Pandora. also Karen's making it sound affordable. And, oh, that's of true. Disney Pandora. So I have a friend with a bracelet that's fully just Disney charms because she's obsessed with Disney I, and I want to do that, and I've been asking for a Pandora bracelet for Christmas for probably three years now. Wow. Somebody's not oh, getting the banana. Keep asking. Uh, so tell me something. That 150 you mentioned, how many are of the don't touch to, to trade or whatever. Like you said, you got 24, yeah, let's question. say you got 24 for $25. You take those out, have fun. But what are the do not touch ones? I'd say about 60, and most of those are Star Wars. Okay. Okay. Wow. Isn't that I interesting? Why? I don't know. It's, I find it very funny that, you know, some people like to collect the Star Wars um, action figures. They take up a lot of space. The pins don't take yep. up a lot of space. Oh. Do you uh, did you convert anyone into collecting these pins with you because you just kept gifting them pins? I've, my nieces and nephews, and it wasn't gifting as we were in Disney, and they saw me buying them, and that's what they wanted as their their um, Disney gift. Yeah. Um, so they, they like gift? the pins, not just Disney, regular well, gifts. Every, but... every time I go, I have to get them something. I have to get my niece and nephew something when I go okay. to Disney. And the That'd pins be something are something Romeo would start standing right next to you. Hey, uh, you, are you, what's, what are you oh, doing here for my Disney, Disney gift? gift? Yeah. yeah, what? Well, you, yeah, it was you, something you, a new tradition. Disney gift, it's like a push present. It's a Disney gift. Um, they do, like my niece and nephews, I buy like the, you can buy them in boxes, mystery boxes, so you don't know what you're going to get. Nah, they usually have two or three right, pins in them. Yeah. So then they can trade, right? They can yeah. trade within this. Oh, the kids, keeps them busy. What I do like you the got? Mystery box what do idea. I got? I like a mystery box too. I usually buy a couple mystery boxes and then I wait till I get home to open them. So it's like a little bit of Disney after my trip. You guys don't want to be my friend anymore, do you? Because this, this is great. Got this, I love how this you got this great. so worked out, this tradition of yours that is just so... And yeah, you go clean. in and go, I really love this idea of going there and seeing people and doing the trade. I'd never put and something up no on shortage. my door. Somebody would steal the board even. There's no shortage. Well, it gives you a chance to talk to people, right? And you, yes. you meet people. Yeah, you're there. There's really the same. neat people. Um, yeah. Do you converse with people online about Disney? Like, other than the actual buying, do you converse about um, trading or, or do you, price points or, do you, or anything? Do you, do you scare them in person with your obsession? Not necessarily pins. Um, they do come, I'm probably part of I'm you, seven different Disney Facebook groups. Wow. Like, mm -hmm. two Canadian Actively. ones and an annual pass holder. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of times oh, people yeah. looking for advice and suggestions. Um, you know, Canadians finding ways to do... Um, easy conversion by Disney gift cards. Oh. Um, so you don't pay the transaction fee. Um, you know, what's the best way to travel down? I like to drive because it's a little bit cheaper than flying. Um, uh, you know, where's the best place to dine, best place to stay. People are always asking for advice. It's a lot of the same questions over and over, but you know, for first timers, Disney can be very overwhelming. Oh yeah. 
Um, You're a seasoned I always pro. recommend. Well, I also get a travel agent now, too, because I don't have the time to book all my reservations and stuff. Um, and my travel agent automatically puts discounts on when they go. Highly recommend getting that. I used to book all my own Disney trips, but I was spending hours in the long, on the phone long distance. Oh. So there's not a 1-800 number from Canada. Oh, no. Um, to, like, change up my, my – if I needed to make a change to my reservation, I don't have to pay my Disney travel agent anything. Disney pays them. Um, and it makes life a lot easier. Do you like your really uh, solo trips more than? Oh, this is gonna be my first one. I'm nervous. <gasps> I'm, I'm a little. Ner- I'm Ooh, nervous. Wow. I feel guilty. Oh, I feel guilty. Did people about- asking you to find their? <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of people said no, but I was gonna go for my 50th birthday in 2020 by myself. I wanted to spend my 50th birthday by myself at Disney. I don't know why. Maybe because it was just gonna be quiet, and then the world fell apart. Yeah. And I never got to do that solo trip. So after this the kind it. of year we've had. I'm doing it. I feel guilty. Jeff can't leave the country, which is why he's not coming with me um, for another six months after his transplant surgery. So, is he as big of a fan though as you? I think he goes because I like it. Okay, but he does enjoy it. Like we stayed at Animal Kingdom Lodge last time. We're outside the balcony. Mm -hmm. Um, Like there's zebras and giraffes, like right outside my balcony in my room. That's awesome. Like I wake up in the morning and there's a giraffe like ten feet. That is awesome. When I was a kid, I wanted to do that. I, I thought that'd be great. Then I started, uh, no. But I think he must love and enjoy your reaction because uh, it's, it's yeah. quite unique. And now you have so he many says it's the only time he sees me relax. Back. Oh, that's he nice. It's the only yeah. time he sees me relax. You should definitely go there. at least once a month or something, Karen. Karen, you're oh, the best. Thank you. You guys are the best. Happy anniversary again. Thank you. Thank you. Chat with you soon. I'm sure in a few months. Uh, we... well, I'm sure less than that. <laughs> We, She's got the money. Now the next the time, time is going to be a very niche collections where we just talk about her Disney gifts. We uh, are taking a break, but that is our collection segment. Second Tuesday of the month, tune in for collections and hobbies here on the show. After the break, we're talking uh, to, about, we're wrapping up the show first of all, we're going to give you a highlight of Now with Dave Brown, what they have on docket for tomorrow morning's show, and we'll close off the show with some tech trends to look forward to in 2024. Be right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. It's been a fun Tuesday edition of Kelly and Ramya, and we're just getting ready to wrap up, wind down things here on the show with a couple of reminders that you can at any time go to your favorite podcast platform, search for Kelly and Ramia, find the show there for our daily or at least weekday up, uh, uploads, <laughs> upgrades, updates, uploads, and listen to the show at whatever time is convenient for you. That includes segments on the show or the entire two-hour full show podcast for you with a vanity card on the end. Kels, we got Now with Dave Brown, weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv, and that is also a nice two-hour show with a variety of conversations. What do they got coming up on Wednesday morning? Interesting lineup, folks. There's speculation that interest rates are coming down. What kind of impact might that have on us consumers? Ryan Chin, he'll be there, and he'll weigh in with his thoughts. And Upala will stop by to offer suggestions on the right kind of skincare products you should be wearing uh, or using, excuse me, during these winter months. And keeping with that winter uh, theme, 
Emily Shevers will give her suggestions on how to properly dress for these cold days that we're headed into. And she'll also talk about ways to keep active on a student budget. That's tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. on AMI-tv, now with Dave Brown. Good topics with Emily and very curious about the interest rates. So a lot of variety on that show. Check him out on podcast as well. Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Uh, as I said, we were going to bookend the shows with uh, tech reminders. So this is more like anticipated tech for 2024. We've got CES conversations in full swing very shortly. Consumer Electronics Show coming up, and our tech guys will, of course, cover it all. I s reminded you that um, Apple's Vision Pro headsets are coming to the market next month. So I'm not sure the exact date, but this was, of course, highly anticipated for give or take uh, several months, at least since Apple's um, conference, the developers conference. So, Kels, these are some other things that are coming up in 2024 that people can look forward to. Okay? Lay them on. Let's hear All them. All right. The wearable gaming glove and this is unveiled for stroke patients. I'm not sure who the brand is or make, but this sounds really interesting, especially because we know that it's not just gonna be a gaming glove, right? This, um, the kind of projection around this, of course, we'll be discovering how it's gonna help in the medical sense, how it's gonna help in all these different areas. That's one. Number two what? is Samsung's world first transparent TV screen is debuting. So mm. this is the thing you said that blind people mm. are going to bump into. Run right into, right? We'll lean down and smash. Oh, okay. <laughs> but is this kind of like a halfway between projector and screen when we're talking I, transparent TVs? I think it's just size and the bevel and everything around it. And it's just to give you more of that viewpoint that your picture is right there in the air. I think that's what it really is, huh. that you feel, hey, and I mean, I got to assume behind it, it's not transparent. Maybe it is. Maybe you can look inside and see stuff. But the reality is, I think it's just to take away border around it. Okay, well, yeah, maybe. I thought that was already a thing, though, like the thinner TVs and frames and such. But who knows? I was thinking, like, you don't even see a black screen. Like, you turn off your TV and it's just invisible. We'll see. Also, LG is uh, unveiling a wireless transparent TV to make it even more wild. Also, HP is unveiling the world's lightest 14-inch gaming laptop. 14 inches is big, so uh, thinking of that as being also the lightest is quite interesting to me. I wonder how paper-thin it's going to be, and then people talking about how it makes them nervous how thin something is. Because remember, that's what happened with the iPads and the yeah. <laughs> iPods. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Also, Garment is bringing enhanced comfort to its fitness wearables. They had a, a bunch under this uh, category for fitness wearables, including a chest strap for people who wear sports bras. So I was very curious about where the wearable world is going to go in general. Okay, take a pause on there and tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. The Golden Globe Awards have taken place on Sunday night. Greg David is going to unpack everything with us on our TV chat. Uh, what are the most popular New Year's resolutions? If you have resolutions, how can you keep them? We discuss more with registered nurse Leslie DePoe. Tune in 2 p.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv tomorrow. We'll be back then. Hi, everyone. It is Beth Deer here with the Kelly and Ramia show. I hope everyone had such a fantastic Christmas and a very happy New Year. 
I am extremely excited about coming back to the show after Christmas. Um, I am filling in for Bill at the moment. If you didn't know, Bill is away for a little while. We're hoping he'll be back in February. But while he is gone, I am, you know, taking on the buzz and uh, trying to do Bill's segment justice. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm really excited to just have, you know, um, more to do with the show, like to have more of a permanent place for a little bit um and yeah to be able to bring you guys some interesting stuff I'm uh I'm trying to find as good a articles as Bill as Bill normally comes to us with which if you listen to the show regularly you know that Bill always brings us some really hilarious and amazing articles so uh yeah he's hard to compete with but I'm really excited to be taking uh his position for a little bit here um Christmas for me was fun, chaotic. I uh, am happy to be back at work, that's for sure. Happy to be uh, having my morning conversations with everyone again. It's nice to um, be getting some more adult conversation. Uh, As you may know, I have a nearly two-year-old and... um, yeah, conversation, uh, there's there's lots of it, but it's uh, kind of about nothing. Uh, she likes to talk about vans at the moment. That's her, like, number one thing. And someone who can't drive, uh, vans are pretty boring to me. So, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really happy to be back at work. As I say, I hope everyone had a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything crazy or new that I can tell you guys about. Um, I did have a very horrible blind girl moment. Um, we always call them blind girl problems in, uh, in my house, but <laughs> I, uh, cut my hand the other day with a knife and it was just the worst and I can still feel it and it's horrible. Um, but it does make me grateful for the fact that for the most part, I'm not normally someone who has lots of accidents like that. So feeling very grateful for that at the moment even though uh, my hand still hurts, but whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I really don't have anything that exciting to tell you all, but I am so glad to be back. So glad that everyone I've spoken to so far has had a lovely Christmas and uh, break away. Um, And yeah, I'm really just so excited to be back with the show and filling in for Bill. Um, it's going to be fantastic this month. I'm really looking forward to it. But I am also looking forward to Bill's return because I know he does a great job with the buzz and and we love having him on the show. So, so yeah, have a good one. Bye. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.